Hello and welcome to today's episode of Courageously Unapologetic with Corrine Allen and also with another incredible woman who's going to be sharing her story, but I just want to share a little bit about her uh, before we jump in, before I get her on the phone here with us, Um, but I am hoping that this opens your world and opens your eyes and um, maybe shines light for mothers who are in similar situations, but also for mothers who are not, because it is so important. Um, You know, one of the things I've always said is that you can, it's up to you, you know, you can view life as, uh, you know, same shit, different day, or you can view life and say like, today's going to be better, or I'm going to do everything in my power. Um, I'm going to try, I have to give, I'm going to show up. And one of the things with being a mother um, to a ill child or special needs um, is that we are their voice and we are their fighters. And there's no time um, for most of us. The perspective on it is there's no time to sulk and, you know, pity and, and why, why us and why me? Because all of that time is time wasted. It could, that could be time research. That could be time on phone calls. That could be time trying new things for a mother like Deja who has, um, you know, a son that requires so much. That is time that she is cleaning up things. She's preparing things. Everything has to be sterile and the whole environment, it takes such a strong, um, just a, a strong woman, but a strong household, a whole unit of coming together. And she's going to be sharing about how their unit is like that and how she takes this on and her perspective with it and how she has been juggling this. And over on the Instagram for the podcast, I have shared a couple of pictures. Um, today, I will be sharing a couple more and just they show a the smallest little percent of who she is and what she has been for her son and for their family. Um, and so I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. And her time is so valuable. She's doing this for us while uh, her two boys are napping and her daughter's at school. And she is squeezing this in and making this time for us. So um, I am going to turn this over and welcome Deja to chat with us today. And so here we go. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> oh my goodness. We are having a heck of a time. We're going to do this. We're, we're going to attempt this. I'm not even going to share with the world how many attempts this is, but <laughs> I, I'm going to just trust and believe that there is reason and there's purpose and we're going for this. So Anchor, if you could be nice to us and I don't know, I don't know if there's a glitch in something, but um. My goodness. Okay, so we're going to dive in. Um, we're going to share some some topics and some perspectives and, and just some real stuff with you, stuff that I can't deliver and stuff that I um, shouldn't be delivering because I haven't been through it. And so that is where Deja's story comes in, um, her experience, her life, and that she is in this right now, and she's strong enough to share that. So um, I want to ask you a couple of things. And the first one is I did something really 
weird and crazy. And I sent you a message after seeing, you know, everything that, you know, your son was going through and the hospitalizations and everything, you know, and I, and I sent this message saying, your marriage is going to start struggling. Please do everything that you can to start investing into each other and try to do some date nights. Um, Can you share like just so authentically how, how that made you feel? Yeah. But first, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So um, I really appreciated when you wrote that because it was coming from perspective of somebody who had kind of been through something similar, like the sick child and you guys have been married for a while and stuff. And so um, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I'm so glad she reached out to like speak on behalf of our marriage, you know, and kind of give me that advice. But at the same time, I was also like, kind of like laughed. I was like, oh, it's me and Kyle. We're fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, you know, and at that time, um, because we were in survival mode, our expectations were so low of each other. Yeah. And we were okay with that because we knew what needed to get done. You know, like Wesson needed so much of my care, his hospital, like, you know, he spent four months in the NICU and then it was like hospitalization after hospitalization. And we were like, I lived down at Fisher house for those four months while he was up here, you know, like 35, 40 minutes away with the kids. And so it was like during that time, we were able to just like expect less and less of each other. Yeah. And that was fine. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until we got out of that survival mode and things started turning around that you look back and you're like, oh, wait, you can start kind of pinpointing like, yeah, we did need to have date nights. We did need that time. Yeah. And, and tell everybody what is the Fisher House? Oh, so Fisher House is basically like Ronald McDonald House, but for military. So we, since we were far away from my son and he couldn't leave the hospital, um, we were thankfully, thank God, able to stay there just like a five minute walk away from his little bed in the NICU. So um, it's really, it was an absolute blessing for us during that time. And so Kyle, your husband was home with, you have two older kids that aren't necessarily older, but you know, older than us. So so Kyle was home with them. And so you guys Mm -hmm. had kind of just, um, I know at one point you had said, you kind of just like high five each other, you know, tag each other. Yeah, Kind of switch spots. Um, I kind of took over most of the hospital stays. And he, his work just gave him the full four months off and said, take care of your family, which mm. he's a Marine. It's very unlikely, very unusual. I mean, um, yeah. it's really took care of him during that time and took care of our family. And um, yeah, we would just kind of like see each other in the parking lot. We would switch kids. I'd give a quick update. He would give a quick update. And then we, you know, I'd come home for a day or two and then, you know, try to do normal life with the kids. And then we'd yeah. switch spots again. Um, so we didn't really see each other at all during that time. It was, and then the crazy thing when my son was in the NICU, it was flu season. So the first two months, four months, my kids couldn't even be in there at all and see him. So they couldn't even see their brother until he was two months old. Um, so we couldn't be a family unit for that long. It was totally crazy. And, and they were of course, so anxious, you know, while you're pregnant, waiting for their baby brother to come. And then to them, it feels like the longest pregnancy ever already you know the kids it already feels like that to them and then an additional two months on top of that to wait and and be with him and touch him and hold him yeah backtrack for me and tell me like can you pinpoint when it start to it started to drastically change for you guys like is there a moment where you were like what the heck like this is this is our life what how did this happen how did we get here so it wasn't like even during during the worst part. So my son was really sick. He got out of the NICU. He was fine. He came home. He had gosh, like five or six surgeries at that point. Mm. And then he was doing okay. And then he got really sick for like seven months straight. I was fighting with hospitals. I was trying switching hospitals, switching doctors, like trying to get answers for him. And, um, so during that time I was so like devoted to him. Um, 
So where am I getting, where am I going with that? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, like, there that. wasn't like a specific moment. It was just yeah, like, you're going, going, going. Yeah. So during it, like during the whole time, it wasn't that bad. It was the first week after his last surgery, not his final surgery, but the last surgery that he had, mm-hmm. um, I'll have a couple more coming up. Um, we went camping and everything was fine. Like all the kids, he was healthy enough to go camping. It was so fun. Everything was great. And then Kyle was setting up like the chairs and the tent and stuff. And I was over at the park with the kids and I walked back over and I saw, um, Kyle set up the chairs. It was, he had just bought the kids, like the older two kids chairs and himself. And it sounds so silly, but it was like, I looked at it and I was like, there's not even a chair for me. Like, Mm. Like five feet away was the table to sit, but right there around the campfire, there wasn't even a chair for me. And I was just like, Kyle, like, why didn't you think to get me a camping chair? Hello. Like yeah. kind of need one. You know, we're all going to sit together. Yeah. And like in that moment, it was like such a visual of me of like three camping chairs sitting around the campfire for a family of five. It was like the perfect moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, we have been living such separate lives that it didn't even cross his mind. Wow. I mean, Weston, we're going to be there, you know, or that he should, Hey, let me think about my wife and my other child that need chairs. And it's so silly. And so now whenever we like get into like something, I'm always like, okay, don't pull a camping chair on me. You know, like we yeah. joke about it. now. It was like really a moment where I just like stood back and thought like, this would have never happened before. Like it would have obviously like been automatic. Hey, we're going camping. We need all these camping supplies, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because, there, fire. because there, isn't, fire. there isn't that constant fog over our brains there's that constant Mm -hmm. fog over our lives and I remember one of the things that hurt me the most in when I started feeling how much our relationship was changing because of my daughter's health but at that time just like you said you can't really pinpoint it you're just you're in that survival mode and I remember that the entire day passed and my husband hadn't said happy birthday to me oh yeah it was like are you kidding me? And, you know, birthdays are huge to me. And, you know, he's the guy that goes above and beyond. And I remember just feeling like my heart was so ripped out. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's like, I, I'm just barely getting through the days. Like, it's no excuse. I I failed you. I'm sorry. But he was like, I don't even know what day it is. You know, because it's like, you're just trying to like, watch her and stare at her and make sure everything is okay. But you know, I think that's a moment of um, that being able to have that conversation and then, mm-hmm. you know, be able to say later, like, don't forget, it's almost birthday yeah. time. Don't forget, we're going yeah. camping, you know? Yeah. Um, he said he felt really bad and yeah. it was, but it was the perfect, it kind of just summed up what our year had been like. Mm-hmm. Like, it, we didn't, yeah. I don't know. That you, the truth is, is that you literally, you forget first and foremost, most of the time that you, you know, exist as an individual. And then of course, you just forget that you're supposed to be putting all this effort into them too, because it's like, what is there left to give at the end of the day? You know, we, yeah. we're so mentally and physically wiped out that you're like, oh, hey, do you, do you want to do this yeah. for your birthday? Or do you want to go and do this? Um, so so I want you to share because something that we all do. I I mean, I shouldn't say that a lot of us, when we're going through a situation, people have kind of opened up to like, you know what, maybe there's a community about this or a group about this, whether it is in person or whether it's on Facebook and things like that. And once you got his diagnosis and you started kind of joining these groups, were there areas of those communities online that helped you? Um, 
Kind of. Yes. So the <laughs> advice, definitely. like when I needed, when I didn't know what was going on, I just kind of like hop on and like search and stuff. But what I found, and it was interesting, I had to delete myself from a lot of the groups because a lot of these women would like, it seemed my take from it at least was that um, it kind of became like their whole identity, mm-hmm. um, especially um, or a child with like medical complexities as my child is. Um, it kind of becomes like their whole identity. And I'm like, I don't want that to be my identity that I just am a mom with a child with crazy medical needs. Like I'm a mom with two other children too. Yeah. And I want, it was just, they really define themselves by it a lot. And I just, it was almost like a competition of whose kid was sicker mm-hmm. and who had it worse. And it was just too much. I just, I didn't want my identity to be like consumed in that. So I had to kind of delete it all. And it's kind of like being a Marine wife too. Yeah. <laughs> Marine wives. Um, military wife I don't know I'm sure you see it long yeah absolutely Um, like that title as if it's like represents who they are as a person and I don't know it was just it's just I'm so not just like a mom to a child with these needs and I'm not just a marine wife and so it was just kind of a weird I just had to get out of there well yeah I mean it's kind of like one of the things that I talk to women about all the time is like when they'll do an introduction to me, if we're starting to work together or something or, or, you know, invest in something in their lives. And I'm like, tell me a little bit about yourself. And one of the first things that they say is like, you know, hi, I'm Corrine. I'm a wife and I'm a mom. And it's like, well, wait, you just told me like job titles that you have. You just told me like that, that what is your marital status? You just told me that, but like, I want to know, like, who are you? What do you like to do? Like, what makes you happy? Where do you like to go? Um, and so it really ties into that so well, because we can get so sucked into like, everything I do has to be about that. And, and one of the perspectives that you brought to me is like, that's kind of one of the reasons why you don't suffocate your car with the stickers and, you know, all, all of that stuff, because it's, well, you know, you, you said it so well, and I'm trying to remember exactly, but you kind of gave me the perspective through your son's eyes and how that could make him feel. Yeah. So that too. Yeah. I really didn't want one of my biggest things. I didn't want my older children um, to build any resentment toward him and like have this stark difference in their lives. They look back and think there was life before Wesson and there's life after Wesson. I didn't want them to have any resentment um, where life changed. Cause for me, of course, and Kyle life definitely changed, but I want children to still feel like, you know, we still got to get out of the house and do the things that we always did. And we got to go out and about and like, they don't suffer from it mm-hmm. or hold for him. And I also don't want him to ever feel like, um, he is so different or, you know, he has been a burden or he has changed things so much that our life is so different now, not in a good way. I never wanted him to feel that. So, We've always had to be really careful with our words and, you know, even, even just like, he has so much, he has so much work. I'm telling you, like if mm. <laughs> he has so much work and even just saying that I try not to even let that yeah. show to the kids or anything. Like he's a lot of work, but having three, so it's just yeah. a little more work for people, you know? And so yeah. we just try to keep in mind and not really voice it or even do like the annoyed size, like, mm. take care of that. Like, you know, I don't yeah. want the kids to feed off of that or um, say it yeah. to him to feel it. So, yeah, and, really careful. and I truly, you know, for me, that just I want to just share, because if anybody else is listening and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't ever think about that. I want you to know that if you're listening, like Daisha checked me, too. You know, like, I want you to know that I never thought about it that way. However, 
you know, I'm, I'm totally on that same page of like, I never could get behind like, okay, let me get this shirt made with these ribbons. And then we're all going to wear one. And then we're all going to go here and I'm going to put them all over my car. And I'm going to get made and everything. If they go all out. Yeah. And I didn't understand why, like, I personally didn't ever do that. And, and it really took you opening my eyes and showing me that I'm like, boom, like, that's what it is. It's like, I was putting, I was putting it through my daughter's perspective and through her eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, it's one thing to, like you said, you know, talk on your own you know, and talk to your spouse, you know, the, the father of that child and be like, wow, you know, he wore me out today mm-hmm. and I'm so tired. And when are we going to get a break? But it's like, that's kind of the behind the scene talk. And I think that that is what you've mastered. And yeah. What I just have so much respect for because you're truly showing exactly how you live your life. And you are the one that brought to my attention saying, you said to me, my reaction to it won't change my child's diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And you are living that out. You know, you are, you are walking the walk and talking the talk and you're showing that to most importantly to him, but to your other kids and living that. And and you're showing that light to other people to say, Hey, like, even if you're so angry and even if you are huffing and puffing, it's not going to cure them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think we all kind of need to hear that. I was one of them, you know? So I kind of want to jump topics a tiny bit because we touched real briefly on how much it does impact the marriage and impact the connection and the relationship when basically life pulls the rug out from underneath you and you're just expected to just roll with the punches. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want to backtrack because one of the things that I shared about way early on on the podcast was having expectations in who I marry, how my life is, and people either agree with that or disagree with that. And coincidentally, you happened to bring that up when you and I are chatting the other day and you were saying, we had an expectation talk before we even got married. Yeah, long before. Just like, boom. Um, And I kind of want to, you know, one, I would love for you to like break that down a little bit. And then after you do that, just share like, did that kind of shine through during, during the survival mode, during, you know, being in these, in these moments of what the heck is going on around us? Yeah. So, um, gosh, I think we did like three and a half years or something before we got married, but, um, Kyle was gone a lot during that time. So a lot of our, our relationship was, um, formed on distance. And then with that, you know, we can only talk on the phone or when he was in Iraq, we could only write letters mostly. And so, um, we did a lot of talking before we even got married and before. So I had all my expectations out there. I'm like this, this, and this, you know, you're going to be, have kids. Like even if you're working and I'm home, like you're still going to step in and be a dad and, you know, be a partner and be a helper and like everything. So, um, he just knew I was very clear with what I wanted and it was like, either take it or leave it. You know, like if you're not going to rise up to this, like, yeah, and he has, and, and he's great. He's such a great father and he's, so just in tune with them and he helps he comes home and he just we're such a good team like he picks up where I left off and we're just we just really we're yes. really, really good team um and that's what the same thing like the one thing we kept saying during survival mode it was like we'd always just like high five each other and be like thank god we make a good team like our marriage oh. back burner right now but like we make a really good team we don't even we didn't even have to tell each other what we expected because we just knew um and so that really got us through that um 
but um do you feel like now that like you said yeah like that got you through that and do you feel like things that you said because you guys have been together so long do you feel like things that were so important to you then have shifted or you were like no like because of those expectations that's why we are a team that's why we are the way we are now because we talked about we planned this yeah definitely like people always say and I know that you hate this too people always say like oh you're so lucky that like I'll go away for a weekend at the hotel with my sister and we just leave our kids and we just leave and we check out and we just lay in bed and just talk or watch a show or stare at our phones and order Mexican food. And it's like, I have some friends that are like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. I could never do that. And I'm like, that's not lucky. That's like screening my husband. <laughs> like I knew what I wanted one day in the future. Yeah. And like, if you can't trust your husband with your children, mm. well, come on. Uh, why, did you, why did you marry them? Like, did you guys talk about this? Did you think about it? I don't know, you know? And so um, it's definitely not luck. We've worked at it. I asked, we had, we had so much time to talk when we were dating that there was just, we laid everything out there. And so I know what he wants. He knows what I want. And during that time with Wesson, that's why I think we just slid into survival mode so easily yeah. because we just knew what to do. Yeah. You really you relied on the strength and that foundation. And Mm -hmm. at one point you probably had a conversation of, you know, Hey, vows actually do mean sickness and in health vows actually mean it's going to get messy. And, you know, of course we have no idea what is being thrown our way, but I think that you just point out so much perspective and so much crystal clear points that are going to be hard for some people to hear. But honestly, like things are only hard to hear if you're like, dang it, I know that I'm worthy of that. And I'm not making that happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked about that we both do the hotel thing. And for me, it's like, I don't, you know, I don't, it's like not a twin sister or a friend. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go there and stay a night by myself. Like nobody bother me. Um, But it's, it's totally like the thought doesn't ever, and it shouldn't ever cross your mind to be like, I don't know if my husband can handle this. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. You should have that, like the most peace and the most comfort. And it's, it's like, that's, who you chose, you know, that that's who you created the children with. And, um, sometimes we need that reminder. Like, I don't know about you, but me personally, like my husband will flat out tell me, I'm like, Oh, don't forget. This is over there. He's like, remember, remember I'm, I'm the dad in all this. Like, remember, yeah. like I got this. Yeah. What about, yeah. He's like, uh, okay. I know what I'm doing. Like, yes. I'm like, okay, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. But we, we just, I think sometimes, you know, even we're kind of shocked by it. We're like, oh, that's right. Like you totally hold it down when I go away for a work thing or to hang out with a friend or sister or whatnot. And, you know, I think it's really important to point out, um, obviously the lucky thing, it's not luck. It is that you paved the way and Mm -hmm. whether you love your life or whether you hate it, you created it, you know, period. Um, But, you know, I think it's so important for people to hear that no matter how strong the foundation is, that with a life that all of a sudden drastically changes, especially when it is the health of ourself or the health of one of our children, disconnect is going to happen. Yeah. And that is where I, when I so confidently reached that place, I was like, you know what, if I care about any women in my life and I see that they're going through something like this, I'm going to find a way to tell them because it's a rude awakening. 
mm-hmm. and you sit there and you know it's like you told me the other day it's like you're sitting there across from each other and you're just like uh so I feel like I haven't hung out with you for like a year <laughs> yeah and like back to that camping trip like that was so not only did like that chair thing happen and then the kids went to bed in the tent all like nicely at the same time really early and I was sitting out by the campfire and we didn't even like hang out. Like Kyle just went in the tent, not because he was tired, but because we just like didn't care to hang out. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, so not only was the chair thing, like such a visual. Yeah. Like for me, I was just like, oh, we're camping, hanging around the campfire. And we just didn't even care because we'd been so disconnected for so long that it wasn't even like, it was just, okay, Kyle, you go with the other kids. They're all asleep. So you go do your thing and I'll just sit here and do mine. And so now, you know, all the dust is kind of settled and we're looking back. Things have been better you know, the doctor, the surgeon the other day used the word thriving for Wesson, which is on the up and up and things are better. And so now it's like, okay, now we're looking back like, yeah, at this point it's time. Like if we moving forward, didn't change anything and we kept it at those locations, like that's when I would be like, okay, there's like some serious damage going on. Like, I don't know if we can come back from this, but we're both super aware. Um, and this is like now where it's like, okay, now, now that we're out of that mode, it's time to work on it. And it's time to get back to what we were. Yeah. Thank you to him that he was able to get through that with me. And we, you know, may, I don't know, looking back, it was such crazy. We didn't even sleep in the same bed for seven months, six months, because he was, my son was so sick that I had to be in the room. With him. So like, we'd go to bed Normally we'd go to bed together every night, like talking and, you know, like hang out. Yeah. And it was like, I was in a separate room for six months, seven months straight, because I literally couldn't leave Wes inside because he was just so sick all the time. And so mm. it was crazy looking back. I'm like, wow, but we made it. And now it's time to get those date nights in. And yeah. it's it too, because we can't even leave him for longer than 12 hours right now. Like one of us has to be with him. So we can't get away for a hotel. We can still get a babysitter. You know, we live near yeah. my family, job babysitters, but we can't leave. We can't like do an overnight. We can't 12 yeah. hours is the time that we can be away from him at the moment. So yeah, it's, well, I, I think, you know, like you said, it's, it's now that you're coming up for air and this is the time where you come up for air and you're like, you know what, we're not even connected anymore. Um, I don't even really know what's going on or how you feel about certain things or what you've been going through. And those are the times that people either say, well, let me get to know you again. Or they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't feel connected. So let's just start this process of going separate ways. And yeah, And just obviously my opinion, I think that comes down to the foundation and the foundation for you guys, for us was expectations, non-negotiables. Like these have to be set up. These have to feel this way. Um, And, you know, I I think if it's so clear, if if you're listening to this, it's so clear to hear us say that, um, or to hear from both of our stories that we didn't have control over putting our child before our spouse. That was taken away from us. You cannot have a child that is um, malnourished and not thriving and have everything put on your plate and then still be able to put your spouse in front of them. Like it's impossible. And that option was taken away from Deja and I. And so what we want to, to, I know that I can just speak for her and speak together and tell you that if you're listening and you don't have a sick child and you're choosing to constantly put your children in front of your husband, you are preparing to fail. Yeah. 
you know, that's one thing that people say, well, how do I do that? And it's like, it's kind of just like Nike. You just do it. (laughs) You, You just need to do it. You just have to say, you know what? At one point, he was my entire everything and these kids wouldn't be here without him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now you're at that place of picking up those pieces and getting to know each other again. And, and I think that you're in that place of I'm choosing to fall in love with you again. Yeah. And that is something people don't talk about. Am I right? Yep. So true. So true. It's always like, like I told you, it's, it's always like song lyrics and like happy, like everything is so perfect with marriage and like everything is great. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. And sometimes it's annoying and sometimes it's more work than other times, you know, but yeah. And and what does that do to people on, you know, specifically social media when, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, they've been married for 10 years and it's still amazingly perfect, magical 15 years. And it's the song lyrics and it's the amazing, you know, this and that it's like, that's not encouraging. It's literally the opposite. It's making people feel like they obviously just suck at marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you're, that you need to, you know, people should share dirty laundry, but like, it's okay to be authentic. Like, holy crap. It's okay. (laughs) And I actually, you know, even when you go through those times with your spouse, it's, it's always so much better because then it's like you um, connected again on a different level, a deeper level, or you feel loved in a different way, or maybe you weren't feeling loved this way, but they worked really hard to make you feel loved again. It's like, oh, they do care. They still, they had a choice to show me whether they cared or they didn't care. And they chose that they did care. Yes, absolutely. And that is why, like, you, you know, we hear people say that it's, you're going to get stronger after this. And when you're in it and you're in the, the stress and the pain, you're like, no, I'm not even, I'm not even going to come out of this. There's no way like that. Yeah. And then, you know, you get to that point and you guys are exactly where we were, you know, last year where we were like trying to come up for air, trying to connect things, trying to pick up the pieces. And I, you know, I wasn't comfortable with leaving my daughter for more than a couple hours, but mm-hmm. I had to tell myself then go away for a couple hours. Yeah. Like, don't, you know what I mean? Like, don't cover that up with like, it, I can't go away for this amount of time or, you know, and so it was making that decision and that intention and honoring the priorities and honoring what was important. And, um, you know, I think it always is going to boil down to both people being willing, you know, wanting to do that. And so, you know, just, I'm so grateful. Um, I would love if there's anything else that you want to add in anything that you feel like maybe that did really help you during this whole process. You were not always near your family. So there was a lot of times that you were doing things on your own. And, you know, was there something um, that you that just kind of pushed you through? Was it that the kids were always, you know, by you and they're watching you? Yeah. Always. (laughs) Always. Yeah. Yeah, To back to revisit that quote that you said. So one day I was just sitting in the NICU and I don't know why, like, because it's always just like pure chaos there. You have no clue, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, But yeah, that quote, my reaction to the situation won't change the situation because I really could have lost it. And I really could have been so stressed out. And I was, I always just try to, the doctors and nurses, I was like, you're so calm. How are you so calm? Are you sure you're, you're doing all right? You know, and I'm like, no, really? Like, I'm fine. Like, people freak out for a lot less than what your son is going through. You know, like, are you sure you're okay? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. The social worker once told me, she's like, I don't even really know how to talk to you. Cause like, I don't know what to have. Like, do you need a hug? Are you fine? Are you like, are you hiding it? And I'm like, no, really? Like, 
what am I going to do? Freak out and, you know, stress out the entire time and let my children feel that and let my husband feel it and push them away. Or just, it is what it is. Like you have to just take it for what it is and get through it. And so I would encourage anybody to really think about that quote and think like, what is your reaction to the situation? Hmm. Is it going to change anything? Like, is your child going to get better if you are constantly stressed out or even put it into marriage? Like, is your marriage going to get better if your, your reaction to your husband is always freaking out on him or doubting him or being mean to him or whatever, you know, you could put that, that applies to us with our, the hospital life, but it can apply to a lot of different situations in your life. Um, so that, and then, um, if you are, if you're listening and you have like a sick child or you're in the trenches, or even you have maybe a couple of young kids and you're struggling or something, the other thing, get out of the house. Like you have to, you have to leave your house because you, you just, you have to, otherwise the walls start closing in on you. And it's just, for me, at least, I don't know, maybe some people prefer to be home, but for me, my best advice that I give people, um, is leave your house, go out and do things like wow. whether it's or a library or park. And, um, for me, like what I had to do is if we don't leave the house within one hour of waking up, we're probably not going to leave all day because then you start going into nap time. Then it's like, you don't yeah. want to wait <laughs> literally wake up, wake up before your kids get breakfast ready and then get out the door within that first hour of being awake before you can start saying, well, nap isn't, you know, nap for the first kid is in about an hour. So I may as well just stay home. Like you just, you have to get out no matter how hard it is get out. No, I completely agree with you. And, um, you know, just to kind of wrap up with that, I remember when I, I didn't even have a sick child yet. I just had one child. It was just Carter, but it was like, you know, you're adjusting to new mom life. And I remember just reaching that place of like, I'm not feeling like myself and going to the doctor. And it was so amazing because instead of her just jumping to like, okay, you need this or that or whatnot, whatnot. She was like, I want you to get some fresh air at least once a week and go do something by yourself. Like, I don't care. She's like, yeah, she's like, I don't care if it's that you just sit in your car alone with like your favorite, you know, Starbucks drink, but like get out of the house. Yeah. And it's something that I've never stopped doing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, yeah, there was times where obviously I had to do it with Capri, but I'm like, okay, she's sleeping. Like, let's get some fresh air and. It was even one of the reasons why I got a Jeep because it, it made me feel free. It's like, take the top off <laughs> and like, just get air and feel free. So I completely agree with you on that. And, um, just getting out of getting out of the walls that, you know, you sit there too long, you start thinking of all the things and it will change your mindset. Get up, get dressed, get dressed, yeah. cute, do your makeup and like go. Mm. Effort is attractive. You just have to like, leave the house. I think your house stays more clean. Let's be real. Cause you're not like, you know, your kids don't have a chance to destroy it all day. So your house is going to be more clean if you leave. That's right. Just- yep. Well, thank you so, so much, Deja. I loved chatting with you and basically just um, letting the world in on a conversation that we would just have, you know, on the phone together and talk about our kids and the struggles and coming out from that. So thank you for taking that time. Um, For those of you guys that don't know, literally right now, she's over there getting two kids to nap and one's at school and doing it all, juggling. I need to wake the boys up in about 15 minutes. Yeah. Going after Kyle's work. She's got to have some Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you very much. And you and I will talk soon. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And um, if, if you hear this and you 
Um, I'm, I'm just going to throw her out there because I know her heart. I know it. And if you can, you know, relate or you have specific questions um, and Deja's story is just like, holy crap, that's exactly my life right now. Um, you know, send, send her a message or send me one on, you know, on Instagram or wherever. And I can connect you guys um, because she is now an expert and <laughs> um, has been through this and um, takes this on like a, just a complete boss um, little warrior, just like Wesson. So thank you, Deja. And yes, we will talk me. soon. Have a wonderful right. day. Thank you. you too. Bye. Bye.